Order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my caped crusader co-host, Brendan. That's right. Leaping lawsuits, Peter. Are you ready for a new episode of Understanding the Law Radio? <laughs> Bang, pow, <laughs> pop. That's the best you snap. can pop with? That's the best I can. Rice Krispies? No, it wasn't Rice Krispies. Yeah, snap, it's, crackle, pop. No, it's Batman. Okay. Bam, so, bop. Yeah. Pow. You remember that? Floop. All right, what are we talking about today? It is. We are talking about comic books. Well, because why? And Marvel and no, DC. Because you got to let me get to the point. Because it's National Comic Book Day. That's right. National. Happy National Comic Book Day. Comic Book Day. Might I ask you, what's your favorite comic book? You know, actually, I have a lot of favorites. Do you? And you want to know something? I have a collection of comic books that I've collected since I was a little kid. I used to read. I, I don't. This is going back way long ago. I think this is in like in the in the seventies. After the first Star Wars movie came out. They used to run comic strips in the Sunday newspapers, right? Like that yeah. was the thing. Like, ah, you, you, Sunday morning, I would get up, we would be going to church, and my grandmother would make coffee for herself. So the house smelled like coffee. My father had the newspaper, and you'd read the funny pages, you'd read the comics. It was Dagwood, and it was, you know, um, Family Circus. And Garfield, and and of course the the front page was always peanuts. It was mm-hmm. I loved it. That's where I developed my so love. This is for not it. this is not what we were talking about. This is comic books. Yeah, what's your favorite what, what's, super wait a minute, awesome hold comic up, book? Time out. What is peanuts. wrong with comic strips? Oh, nothing's That's wrong with the, them. I would mind, argue they're a lost art. They if are. You want to get all art. artistic with they it? They are a totally lost art, and I miss them. I miss reading my comics on Sunday morning. But anyway. Now that you have just ruined my nostalgic trip, <laughs> we are talking about comic books. So to answer your question, I don't have a favorite comic book, but I do have a collection that I like. Um, I have a lot of the old Star Wars Marvel from 1977. I have a couple older than that um, with Joker and and you know some old yeah. ones. And then, look, I am not a huge reader of the comic books because yeah. I don't have time. Right. But I do like to collect them. I love the artwork. Mm-hmm. Like some of the artwork is great. Yeah. Um, I did read all of the Star Wars comics. I have read um, a lot of the Spider-Man comics, things yeah. like that. I've but, gotten into comics at multiple points in time. I read um, a video game I liked. Mega Man had a comic and I read the whole series. I got into DC comics for a while. I read Injustice from another video game about superheroes fighting each other. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll read yeah. the comic books. And I really loved it. And I got into that for a couple of years. Um, Spider-Man, there was at one point in time, because with comic books, they're like 50 million issues and you don't know where to jump in to start Well, there's reading. so many different Yeah, and iterations. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I read Spider-Man for a while, though. I read that. It was really great. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I Deadpool, um, I've gotten into a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, I'm, I would say I'm a comic books fan. I know a lot of Not general a connoisseur, knowledge. but a fan. Right, right. Yeah. I guess I'd say that. I would say that's the same about me. Well, But today, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's a whole different story because that has story. drawn mainstream attention to these comic book heroes. True. Prior to the MCU, which if you don't know, um, you should probably get out from under that rock 
And also, and no offense, I'm fooling around. And also, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what is referred to um, when they're talking about the large chain of Marvel movies that repeatedly release every year. The Marvel movies started off with Iron Man, and in the very end of, I think, The Hulk, or, or one of the movies, in the very end of Iron Man, uh, Nick Fury showed up and said, we are looking to put together a team, which introduced the idea of all of these different superhero movies that we're releasing connecting. So we've got Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor, Captain America, all these, and then they connected in the Avengers, and it was yeah. a connected universe where things that happen in one movie affect the future movies. It's a cool idea, but Iron Man came out like 10 years ago, okay. and they're still in the same universe. That is true. Thank you, so Disney+. Plus. So there you go. There is the cinematic universe for you, a connected series of superhero Look movies. Look it up on Disney+. Plus. But Yes. But especially during the time of um, Avengers Infinity War, which was their big event, it drew a mainstream appeal to superheroes like there had never been before. Yeah, but superheroes and comics are two different things, really, because right. a lot of the movies... Right, but a, a good amount of people got into comics from the movies, I'd say. Yeah, I would say that. Well, let's talk I want to talk this. about comics, and I want to talk about superhero movies. I have a lawsuit for you that we've already discussed, so I don't want to get into it super much here, but I do think it's worth bringing up because it's a very famous comic book lawsuit. Well, Shazam. Uh-huh. Shazam started off uh, under a different company, not DC, and he was named Captain Marvel. Yeah, the yeah, story that's of right. Billy Batson. We talked about that, yeah. Uh, and DC sued, and they they lost the case because it turns out they didn't own the trademark for Superman, which led to a whole other story. But they eventually bought back the rights. So I just want to mention we do remember the story of Shazam. If you don't know the story of Shazam, go watch that episode. All right. Well, let's start this episode. Yes. Because you are on a tear. Well, today. I was just you are I was just going through because I don't want to be that tear. one guy who, you know, stays for the after credit scenes of the podcast and says, hey, you never discussed Shazam. All right. Well, now we've done it. Yes, we have. Here's what we're going to start off with. We're going to start off with the first ever first ever ever comic book lawsuit. OK. Detective Comics, Inc., versus Bruns Publication. This is from April of 1939. Mm -hmm. So this is the first ever, this is actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the first ever comic book lawsuit. And this book dealt with the superhero Superman, who in 1938 led to the creation of rival comic publishers trying to copy the character, essentially. Yes, I've heard. So, yeah, that was, back then that was super prevalent. Yes, Superman yeah, It prevalent. was a problem. It was. It was a kryptonite problem. So Superman, who was Having published... Having a hard time tying this into Superman, huh? Yeah. Superman, who was published by Detective Comics, was going after this company, Bruins Publications, because they created... You ready for this? Yeah. Wonder Man. Ooh, Not, that's unique. Wonder Man. Yeah. Cited Wonder Man... Um, in in and it was basically a ripoff of of Superman. of Superman, yeah, for sure. And so uh, it didn't this this case, right? They the judge found in favor of Detective Comics, uh, but the judgment didn't dissuade other companies from publishing caped Crusader heroes, right? And as a result, you know, superheroes are everywhere, and they have capes. And there's yep. characters that resemble other characters. But this was the first one, um, Wonder Man. Yeah. You know, tried to infringe on... Superman. Superman. Um, and I think that's fascinating, honestly. I think that's that's a very interesting story. And I think that, you know, it set a precedent because 
even today, we have so many superhero ripoffs. You know, like even if it's not specifically a ripoff of a single superhero, all the comics companies are trying to copy each other. Yeah. DC is trying to make their own movie universe. You know, which is not good. Which is not good. You've got you know all all kinds of stuff throughout the throughout the the years. Yeah, but you know what? This I think this case is kind of like a I don't want to say precedent setting, but it was the first case. And you know, even though, like I said, the judge found in favor of um, DC, mm-hmm. it really kind of was like, hey, eye opening because we can we can copy certain aspects of yeah. these heroes and put them in our own comics right and that's what happened with shazam because right the judge found that a uh they have to stop producing the captain marvel comics because it was a ripoff and there was that added issue of oh wait a minute you know dc doesn't own superman but whatever that's that's what they did there too they said that captain marvel must stop production because he's too similar to superman yeah yeah and and that is really I think the same thread that travels through all these comic book lawsuits, including the current lawsuit that's still pending, uh, which is the, well, it's Disney now, right? Marvel um, suing comic book artists over the right of uh, rights to use Iron Man and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Spider-Man. And we talked about this on a, on a prior episode because we had a big discussion about what does this mean for you know, ownership of Spider-Man? Could you imagine? Yeah. If Marvel lost that, um, you know, this case is is still pending. Uh, I was looking at it. The last docket entry is September 14th, where they're still trying to get a pretrial conference and scheduling order together. So this case is um, not going anywhere fast. If you're interested, by the way, it's in the Southern District of New York and it's Marvel Characters, Inc. versus Lieber, L-I-E-B-E-R. Uh, and it's a declaratory judgment for copyright. So this is this is interesting. Yeah. There's actually, if you look, there's you can go online um, and you can see the court docket. And there's a ton of discovery. And a lot of it, it has to do with character drawings and designs mm-hmm. and things like that. So uh, it's very interesting. There's also a ton of other Marvel litigations within yeah. this docket so if you're interested spend a little time and and you know look at the court's docket because it is interesting stuff but um on that one this superman or spider-man I, I think marvel will prevail yeah absolutely you know a lot of these arguments are people say i drew this and it's mine um i was you know not an employee i was hired to to create this and it's my creation and i think that a lot of the legal arguments end up finding in favor for the comic book company because when you are hired, even as an independent contractor, you're still creating work for hire. So you're getting paid to do creations for this comic book publisher or company, but you don't own what you've done. You don't own the rights to that. You are are being paid for your work and your ownership rights. You don't have any. It's always that of the company that hired you, whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. And that's why if you look at today's legal world, um, yeah. when you see an independent contractor agreement, there's almost always a work for hire clause in there that explains that what you're doing, your creations are not yours. They are, you know, that of the companies. They belong to the companies. And I, I think yeah. that a lot of these early 1960s and, and even earlier, because uh, believe it or not, in, in that time frame of that first uh, 
comic book lawsuit, there were quite a few lawsuits that were filed um, between like 1935, 1945. There were a ton, and it was people all trying to do the same thing, trying to protect their drawings and then uh, or their their artwork, not just drawings. Um, and then it's come back again in modern times. Yeah, I mean, copyright law and trademark law, that's a whole huge discussion. I feel like in terms of, you know, protecting your intellectual property, sometimes I think that it's a little too strict with things. Sometimes I think it's a little too loose with things. I hate to see people come up with characters and ideas and then get that stolen from them. It's happened too many times to count. Um, but this, this specific issue is a little bit deeper than that. I remember, you know... I don't know. I feel like what what would happen if Marvel lost? I mean, it's it's an interesting discussion. I remember when I it first when it first came up, it was a huge buzz on the internet. People were like, "Oh my god, that's the end of Marvel. They're going to lose all their characters." But I seriously doubt that that would ever happen. I don't think I, that could I doubt happen. it too. But, I think they have enough money to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. But you know what did happen? What? This is an interesting one. In 1991, yeah. Hell's Angels Motorcycle club okay sued marvel for copyright infringement over an x-men character called hell's angel oh and they actually won really uh, yeah they won and I, I believe that i don't remember if it was a settlement or if it was a verdict but um they ultimately i think not, well, i don't know if it was settle or judgment thirty five thousand dollars for copyright infringement for that yeah that was interesting um, and, and when you see that, you know that either Marvel, because at that time it wasn't Disney, Marvel either just wanted to be done with this litigation because they didn't want it on their books, um, or they felt like they had something to lose. And so they settled, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, another thing too, that we've talked about is DC and Marvel superhero crossovers. And you really don't see DC and Marvel working on collaborations together um and you know that's really i think an issue dealing with the legality of things i i i don't know why there's not more of a crossover because you could certainly keep what you own to yourself what is what is the deal with that i mean you would think that they would both stand to make so much more money mm -hmm. if they you know had more consistent dc marvel crossovers i, I just think it would make a lot of sense but lo and behold they don't um but i want to this is going to be a shorter episode this week um because i want to have time to read my comics uh but yeah. I, I wanted to talk about this last lawsuit which i think is absolutely amazing so this is a lawsuit filed by a houston comic book store and they filed their complaint and a large portion portion of it is in comic book form it's unbelievable so uh it's called third planet sci-fi superstore it's a comic book store in houston filed a lawsuit against crown plaza river oaks claiming that the hotel guests keep throwing objects such as a fire extinguisher and dishes from <laughs> balconies onto the store's roof necessitating costly repairs but the best part of this is the actual pleadings themselves. So pleadings are, you know, case in a case, um, complaint and answer. So it starts off looking quite normal with the captions and the plaintiff's amended complaint. Well, it gets 
into this section in one of the causes of action. And this is just great. It's like paragraph 23 if you're searching for this. And it says, defendants have previously filed special exceptions. So now the defendants are uh, the Crown Plaza. Complaining that it could not sufficiently understand the claims and allegations against it. The plaintiff goes on to say, to aid in clarifying the facts of this case, plaintiff provides the facts in illustrated form. And they actually created a comic book called Third Planet versus Crown Plaza Hotel. And it's in the pleadings. And it is amazing. It is unbelievable to see the way that they've done this. And they have you know pictures of, of guests throwing fire extinguishers off the roof and it, it exploding into their roof. And then you've got the comic book owners in the store holding pails and buckets trying to catch all the water that's coming through. It's unbelievable. That's crazy. It is so... That's, that's really unbelievable. It is so unbelievable and so fun. Um, but then there's a lot of questions that people have, you know, like, hey, is this something that you can do? Is it legal to do this? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's unconventional for sure, but cases don't require pleadings to be black and white type documents, they would likely, and they have, accept this as a, a, a complaint. So you don't have to be um, boring, let's say. And I thought this was super creative and super amazing. Um, and I think that it's a result of the defendants constantly claiming that they didn't understand the petition. So... Here, they've made this easy-to-understand, easy-to-comprehend comic book. I think it's great. And I, I think that, um, now, I look, what I, what I suggest to lawyers out there, especially young lawyers, hey, next time you have to file a complaint, why don't you uh, make it in Simpsons characters? <laughs> or why don't you draw a comic book? No, but in this instance, it worked, and I think it was great. A very entertaining, very hysterical. Yeah, that's very funny. It is. It's very funny. So if you are if you're looking for something to, to do, I, I hope they won. Well, I think it's still pending. But if if you're looking for something, I hope something, they win. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I hope they do too. I think uh, <laughs> I think it's an actually it's an interesting thing because can you yeah. control the actions of your hotel guests? But at the same time, what can you do as the owner of the hotel to prevent people from throwing fire extinguishers off you? I mean, there's got to be something. So very interesting. Um, but it is. Third Planet Sci-Fi and Fantasy Superstore versus Crown Plaza River. And this is a Harris County, Texas case. So if you're bored and if you want to see some hysterical pleadings, then take a look at this because you, you'll see the comic book. I wonder what the collector, collector's uh, edition of this looks like. Ha! Right? Is this yeah, limited variant edition? Cover, yeah. Variant cover. That's what I was looking for. Variant cover. Yeah. All right, well, listen, that's going to do it for this episode, believe it or not. We're going to take some time on this National Comic Book Day to do something comic-related. Sure. I'm going to go dress up as a superhero and run around town. Why don't you uh, watch some of your MCU movies? Maybe. Maybe I'll watch more She-Hulk. Yeah, Shulk. We talked about her her in the last episode. I think uh, that comic, uh, these comic book lawsuits, some are fun. 
Some are boring. I don't I don't specifically find Marvel and people fighting over the ownership of Spider-Man to be fun. You know, in in terms of how exciting they are. Right. So I think if we were to make comic books out of any of these lawsuits, I'd say probably the comic book store one, but they already did that. They did. You know, we can't maybe we should make a comic book out of this podcast. That would be amazing. That would be something. Guess what you're going to be doing next week? Oh boy. You're I'll learn to draw. Comic- yeah, and then and then the comic book creation. Yep, you got it. Yeah, and we're gonna have limited edition UTO radio comic books. Make sure you stay for after the credits of this podcast for the secret, secret post credit scene. It's gonna be Nick Fury. It's gonna be. He's Nick gonna. Fury. It's, it's Samuel L. Jackson. That's right. That's right. Hey, just don't tell anybody. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, got, I don't know spoilers. That spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. That's gonna do it. Hope you have a. A nice National Comic Book Day if you are of the comic book persuasion. And otherwise, if you're not, I hope you still enjoy this episode. So uh, stick around. Make sure you tell your friends and family about the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time. Here's your post-credits scene. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. UTL Radio will return next week.